Welcome to Project BGR, craft beer and conversation. And did we mention craft beer? The beer guys Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams talk to the makers and creators from the craft beer world and beyond. Now, time for Project BGR with your hosts, Tim and Aaron. And welcome to Project BGR. I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis. If you don't know, we host a radio show based out of Atlanta, Georgia, Beer Guys Radio. We cover craft beer scene in the southeast and we love to talk beer with people from around the country definitely and that's one of the reasons why we attended the great american beer festival in denver and that was in october 2016 amazing event all around but one of our favorites was a beer brunch with the guys from sam adams yeah and that was a lot of fun we got a photo op with jim cook one of the godfathers of the industry one of the founders of the industry we also got a chance to talk to the director of brewery programs jennifer glanville let's listen in we are here with Jennifer Glanville, brewer and director of, Bre- director of brewery programs for Sam Adams uh, here at the GABF. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Now, Jennifer, uh, uh, easy question. What got you started into craft beer? You know, years ago, uh, before it was called craft brewing, you know, we were drinking microbrews. And my dad introduced me to um, some local New England breweries, Samuel Adams being one of them. Fell in love with Boston Lager, fell in love with really full-flavored, full-bodied beers. Um, and it wasn't until several years later, though, that an opportunity came up. Um, there was a job listed at the brewery in Boston. Um, it, it listed everything except for brewing that you could possibly do at a brewery. And I thought to myself, well, you know what? I, I know half of this. I can bullshit my way through the other half. And uh, Jim Cook took a chance on me. Um, within a year, um, you know, Jim, our brewer and founder, had invited me on Hop Selection and Taste Panel and sent me to brewing school in Germany, um, Domen's Academy. And then I came back, and really the rest is history. Excellent. Where from New England are you from? Um, I am from, I like to say, Western Mass is where I grew up, but my formative years were spent on Cape Cod, summers on Cape Cod. Okay. My family's from Maine. So oh, okay. Sure yep. Yep. Excellent. So this is, I just had someone was kind enough to set me down a glass full of uh, the Boston lager here. And when I talked to Jim Cook, cheers. 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 And I've, I talked to Jim Cook just a little bit earlier, and I, I'm sure there's been many stories like this, but this beer introduced me to craft beer, microbrews, and, and I've told this story a few times, but... Uh, Back in the early 90s, I worked for a company, and we had uh, European counterparts come over. We were in Jackson, Mississippi, and among a sea of American lagers, there was Sam Adams. So they got that and talked about the flavor and the depth of that. So what, uh, as a brewery, what's that mean to you that you guys really are the introduction for a lot of people to the world of craft beer? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, I've been doing this now for 15 years. This is my 14th GBF. I had one family wedding that kept me away from Denver one year. They've never made that mistake since. (laughs) Um, But it it is amazing to me to see sort of, in a weird way, the evolution of Boston Lager because years ago, people looking for flavorful beers were looking for these pioneering craft brewers like Jim Cook and and Boston Lager. Um, But now it's it's really a reintroduction. So for a lot of people who don't want their really crazy hoppy IPAs or or, um, something that's like too fruity, Boston Lager is really balanced. So what I love about Boston Lager is that it's evolved with the drinker per se it's the same beer but that balance and that complexity i mean this beer showcases malt and hops and full flavor and full body perfectly um i tell people all the time they're afraid to pair with food they don't know which beer i mean this beer because of a lot of its attributes and complexity is perfect so i feel like to your point i mean a new drinker is coming in like oh this is nice it's balanced yeah but then other people are like to me it's like comfort food this is like mac and cheese i i can't i love boston lager it makes me feel like i'm home i feel good it's it goes with a lot of things yeah my, my boston lager story is that I, that was one of the first beers that i used to drink with craft too and my grandfather who's now 90 years old i introduced him to, to to sam adams boston lager about 15 years ago he has one every day 
that's his thing. Every day, right after lunch, man, he, he has that. Sam, he won't have anything else but that. So I have to make sure that there's a case of Sam Adams every time I come up to, come up to see him. So. And, you know, we, we go over to um, Germany a lot for hop selection, you know, every year and, and get over there a couple times a year. And one thing I love about the Boston Lager and our Oktoberfest, which is out right now, yeah. is that we have all the German hop growers and all of our German colleagues and friends say, oh, we love Boston Lager. It really showcases the hops we grow here. So that's great. What I really love is when they talk about the traditional beers in Germany um, and how these really represent that style. And if you go to Munich now, they're, they're great fest beers there, but they're not the same that they used to be. Mm-hmm. And we had a hop grower who was in his late 80s, and his son was telling us when he translated that he goes, well, he was saying that your Oktoberfest tastes like when he was like 10 years old at the fest. That's what the traditional breweries were making. And so, there you go, a 10-year-old drinking fest beer oh, at the yeah. fest, right? That's right. Yeah, you know, it's Europe. It's That's Europe, right? right? That's but right. It's such a compliment to know. I mean, something like that where, you know, you don't, it's a Meriton style. We want to make that in a, in a very traditional and flavorful. Yeah. Something interesting you just mentioned is going to Germany for hop selection because we've talked to, you know, it's that time of the year. So we've talked to a lot of brewers that have been doing hop selection. But everybody mentions Portland. You know, the they're going to, you're, you know, they're going out to, uh, out to Oregon to America's West Coast. But you don't hear that many that, that go to Germany and select hops that, those classic traditional German hops. And that's obviously still very important to Samuel Adams, right? Yeah. And you know, it's, it, Jim also goes out to Yakima. He was there in September. Um, I, I wasn't able to go this year, but, um, and then next week we're, we're in Germany, but it's, um, Many brewers didn't hand select hops for many. In the U.S., there weren't as many hop growers. Um, and, you know, Jim always felt very strongly about the relationship with the grower. Um, you know, we worked on things like hop picking times. We found that actually by leaving the hops on a, a few days longer than what was recommended or traditional gave us more intensity and more and a better quality aroma. Well, if you want to influence picking times and work with your growers, you have to know them. And so, you know, we ne- we don't show up empty-handed. We always bring Boston Lager over. We bring Oktoberfest. We meet them at their farms. We go through their process. We want to see how they process their hops. And we want them to understand, like, from a quality perspective, it really starts at the beginning. Um, and that's that's one thing that I love about working for Jim and for Samuel Adams is that we never compromise on those ingredients. The hand selection is extremely important. I mean, it's... It's your nose. I mean, this is it. It's your nose. There's no. It's, it's very scientific, but it's yes. not. You can't do an analysis and decide that's what's good for your beer. And you know, Jim talked about it today. You you have to imagine what is this going to taste like in my beer because it doesn't always just translate from like, oh, this is a really nice juicy aroma. You're listening to Project BGR. It's time for us to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more from Jennifer Glanville, director of brewery programs for Sam Adams, right after this. Hey, this is Aaron. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We've got some really awesome things that are coming soon that will help us engage with you some more. We're not going to lie to you, though. It takes time, effort, and money to produce this show every week. So if you'd like to be part of the Beer Guys family, we would love your help. Head to patreon.com slash beerguys to become a sponsor. We're not going to beg. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But hey, we've got some great swag for those who become a sponsor, and you'll be among the first to know about the great things that are coming to the Beer Guys universe. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash beerguys, or you can go to beerguysradio.com and click the sponsor link. We thank you for your support, and cheers. Welcome back to Project BGR, and let's listen in to the rest of our interview with Jennifer Glanville. She's the Director of Brewery Programs for Sam Adams. So now, uh, Jennifer, what is a typical day for you as a director of, or is there a typical day for you as a director? 
I think why I've survived so long is there isn't a typical day, right? Um, I, I don't know that this would be for everyone. I love it. Um, I wear a lot of hats. Um, so, you know, we um, obviously have taste panel every day. We taste every beer um, that we're making. Um, we do where I am in Boston. It's, it's really our test kitchen. It's our center of innovation. So we're always making new beers. We have a nano brewery, 10-gallon brewery. We also have a 10-barrel brewery, so we're, we're always uh, coordinating and trying to figure out, you know, which brews we want on the schedule. We're searching and, and looking for different ingredients and how we're going to use those in beers. Um, we also have um, a tour center there, and we have guests that visit and have events, and I always like to jump in if I can anywhere there just to, to meet the drinkers. I mean, I tell people that not only do I have an awesome job, but then I get to meet people who love beer every single day at my office. I mean, not many people can say that. I mean, that job satisfaction... Yeah, doesn't exactly. exist in a lot of places. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a lot of different hats, but it all revolves around making great beer. Now, now, what are some of the challenges you may have by working for basically the largest craft brewer in the country? Um, you know, I actually feel like it's a lot more opportunities and challenges. Okay. Um, you know, I've been there long enough that I've seen a lot of our growth. Um, you know, it, it definitely affords us the opportunity to be very selective with our ingredients. Um, you know, we, we able, we're able to have relationships and able to source ingredients from around the world. Um, we're also able to work with a lot of suppliers that may be smaller, but they have exactly what we're looking for. We want to work with them to, to help them to, you know, work with the process so we can use them. So it, it really gives us that opportunity. And I, I think, you know, some of the challenges are in general, um, it's a, it's a highly competitive market, right? There's a lot of breweries, but I also know that for the past 15 years, you know, everybody making great beer is great for everybody. And that's really important. So that's one of the reasons we're here at GBF. We're specifically this event with uh, Samuel Adams today is you guys are introducing a few new beers over the next few months. And one we tried was uh, Fresh's Hellas, the Hellas Lager. And that's uh, w when we talk to brewers, there's uh, a trend towards back towards lighter, drinkable beers and that. And uh, it was a fantastic Hellas Lager, I believe, honey and orange, orange blossom, yep, yes. correct? So uh, do you see more of that? Do you... The lighter beers, is that becoming more a trend again, people going back that direction? I wish I saw more of it. Um, I, you know, I, obviously IPAs are hot. People love IPAs, yeah. um, and that's great. And we love experimenting with hops. So you taste our juice today. I mean, part of that is making sure we're integrating those flavors so that they complement all these amazing hop characteristics. I love Hellas. One of my favorite things about going to Hop Selection is drinking fresh Hellas beer over in Germany. It, it's such a great showcase. We talked about Boston Lager and how it showcases the ingredients. Hellas does that in such a nice way. The German hops are so elegant. Um, they're, they're very subtly shown in the Hellas style, and the malt really comes through. And so we, we had a lot of fun trying to figure out, like, what, what ingredient do we want to add to that? Because the drinker is interested in experimenting with different ingredients. So we thought, let's put a little twist in this so that it's maybe enticing to people who don't know what a Hellas style is. I definitely see more breweries um, and tap rooms having Pilsner styles, Hellas styles, some of those more traditional styles. Um, because at the end of the day, you can only drink so many IPAs. Your palate really gets kind of wrecked very technical term, but no, gets wrecked true, quick. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely think as the as the craft beer drink in America becomes more educated and savvy, which they are today, mm -hmm. they know like maybe I'm going to start with an IPA, but then I got to I'm going to back, back off, off, and I really you know. So I think that's that's where there's an opportunity for these traditional styles to come back. Excellent. Now speaking of styles, you brew over sixty styles of beers at Sam Adams. How do you keep track of everything? That's quite a lot. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, it's a sacrifice I make for you drinkers that I have to drink all of these beers and remember. I know. It's really, I know. My family doesn't believe it's really tough, but it is tough. 
Um, it is hard to keep track, but I, what I love about it is that there's a beer for everyone, you know, so we have so many different styles. I mean, we have lighter styles, we have IPAs, we make an awesome double IPA, the Rebel Rouser. Um, we have a whole line of um, sort of sour beers and Belgian beers. So what I like about it is, it, and especially as someone who I do like to drink beer every day, I like to cook with beer, it gives me a lot of opportunity to really experiment. So, And, and honestly, the beer drinker today in the U.S. is the envy of every other beer culture in the country right now, right? I mean, we don't have any rules, so yeah. we're able to drink and make whatever we want and I think that's where like working for a brewery like Samuel Adams is, is exciting because we have 60 beers for you to try. Now we talked uh, talked about the IPAs and that and, and we've all talked some about the American craft beer drinker. Uh, they have a discerning palate. They can also be quite finicky you know with, with what they see and uh, Rebel IPA which I've enjoyed several times is a really nice IPA but among what we call the beer geek crowd maybe doesn't get as, as much mention so not meaning this offensive at all, but is Sam Adams still cool for these beer, beer geeks? Yeah, you know, I, I think it depends what you, I, you know, I have people who say like, oh, I've had all your beers. And I'm like, oh, you have? What, what's your favorite style? Like, well, I've had seasonal and Boston lager. I'm like, okay, well, what do you like? Right. And so I think that sometimes the beer geek doesn't look past. They think they've had everything. One reason I love coming here is we have Boston lager in Octoberfest. We also have a bunch of beers that you're not going to find it anywhere else or you're not going to find in this area so that's part of the fun part is to almost like reintroduce i look at it as like an awesome challenge um to bring out to drinkers different beers i think the rebel for us you know we we like the hops we were using and we wanted to keep it balanced um i certainly think in the future and in, in the near future you're going to see some um varieties of the rebel ipa that come out or, or some variations that are going to be a little leaner and drier um because you know we also want to listen to the drinkers so um, I think there's an opportunity, and we have the ability to have multiple beers in the market so we can appease the different drinkers. Yeah, now, so speaking of the IPA, another one you debuted here, or at least released to the public, was that mango IPA. Uh, really nice fruit flavored, almost more of the quote-unquote northeastern IPA yeah. flavor now. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, so you know when we released Rebel Grapefruit, one of the cool things about working on that was, and we worked on that with the Nano, is how do we take, because we love the hop characteristic, and so we want to complement that, and we want to integrate anything we're using into that flavor. So with Rebel Grapefruit, you don't know really where the juicy's coming from the hops or where it's coming from the grapefruit, right? So when we were looking at, we've made a juicy IPA, we used to call it, um, in Boston. Big, huge tangerine and mango. We love the mandarina hop. I mean, it is just an awesome hop. And so we were thinking about ways to, how do we accentuate that a little bit more? How do we bring that tropical fruit note a little bit more forward? Um, mangoes won out as the as the fruit choice. Um, and we put just enough into it, so it's not a fruit beer. So if you're looking for a real fruity beer, it's yes. not for you. Um, it's also not going to be super resinous. You know, it's really about that softer, juicier fruit note. Um, and we had a lot of fun coming up with that. And we've had great feedback today from, from all of you guys that have been here. Now, something... Uh Something else people may not know about uh, Boston Beer Company, Samuel Adams, is you guys have a lot of programs to stay in touch with home brewers, other brewers, uh, com- the business community even. And at today's events, they uh, announced the Long Shot Competition winners, which is your big homebrew contest. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, this is our 20th anniversary of our Long Shot, long shot Homebrew Competition. And um, we... I think this is so cool. So we have, it started before my time, but um, since I've been there, we started doing it internally as well, um, which is awesome because we're a very internally competitive company and we have a blast doing this. Um, So essentially, homebrewers from across the country can enter in this competition and the winners, we have two consumer winners, their beer, they come to the brewery and we brew their beer and then it's released in a mix pack that we do in the spring. 
Um, and when we introduced our employee winner, um, what I love about that is it brought in people from different parts of the company that may not necessarily, like they might have wanted to homebrew, but they weren't sure. And our winner today, um, he's in business analysis. He's, he's brewed a couple times, but he's not like he brews all the time. He's brewed a couple times. He made an amazing Imperial Stout. Um, and I just love that, that everyone in the company is jazzed up about making beer. We had over 200 homebrew entries. That's awesome. So now you also have another out- outreach program, Brewing the American Dream. You know, how important is it to kind of reach out to small brewers and get that business mentorship that they might need starting out? Yeah, I'm really fortunate that I work very closely with Jim Cook um, on Brewing the American Dream. And in 2008, Jim wanted to really, he, he really has always been interested in giving back to not only the brewing community, but the community in general. Um, and he started thinking about when he started Samuel Adams, he didn't have access to any loans and he didn't have good sound business advice from anyone who started a brewery. So we started the Brewing the American Dream program, um, and essentially it's two parts. We partner with Axion USA, which provides microloans to food and beverage entrepreneurs. And then we provide speed coaching events and coaching and mentoring. And we did this through 13 cities across the country. Um, I mean, I, I attend these, and um, you know, I meet brewers. Some are just have a dream. Some are home brewers with a dream. Some um, are already well on their way. Um, I was just in D.C. in September, and a gentleman came up, and I recognized him. I said, oh, remind me. I know we talked last year. Remind me. And he said, well, I had a job and I quit it um, after I, I, I was met with you. And he said, we get our equipment in next week. Awesome. And I just love those stories. I mean, again, if everyone's making great beer, it's good for everyone. And Jim has never lost that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, I work for him. It's his company. I feel like I, I'm part of the company. I feel like I'm an entrepreneur. And that, that spirit is what I think drives and keeps you passionate about what you do. So to meet all these like-minded brewers or food and beverage entrepreneurs is just amazing. Everyone we've met from Sam Adams just seems like they're in a perpetual good mood. Is that just something that the company breeds? Is that the type of company Sam Adams is? You know, at the end of the day, we love what we do. Um, I think, you know, we work hard at making really great beer. We work hard to be parts of our community and to give back. Um, And we have a leader, you know, our founder, who it starts at the top. And so we're so lucky. Um, And at... And at the end of the day, we also all love having beers together. I, I just had my 15-year anniversary. They asked for, you know, I had to talk about a few things in front of everyone. And I said, you know, what other company do you re- voluntarily go on vacation with coworkers and are happy about it? Like, I mean, we love having beers together. I mean, you can see it today, right? We're all, I mean, we're hugging it out and high-fiving. I mean, we, we make and sell beer to the greatest country of craft drinkers. At, how can we complain? Thanks for listening to this episode of Project BGR, and of course, special thanks to Jennifer Glanville and the whole crew at Sam Adams for an awesome event. It was one of the highlights of the GABF this year, and uh, remember, Project BGR is available on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and leave a rating while you're there, because that really helps. Plus, tune into Beer Guys Radio every Saturday for all the news you need to know about the craft beer movement in the Southeast. We podcast that show, too, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for Beer Guys Radio. Cheers, and we'll talk to you next time.